Hey everybody, Adam Stott here. Thanks for checking out my podcast, Business Grow Secrets. You're absolutely in the right place. This podcast is going to reveal to you all of the secrets that you've been looking to discover that are going to allow you to cure your cash flow problems, attain more clients, bring in more leads for your business, and create systems and processes that give you the growth that you want. You are going to discover the business growth secrets you have been looking for that I've used to sell over £50 million worth of products and services on social media and help clients everywhere to grow their businesses on the mark. So let's get started on the Business Growth Secrets podcast. You know, when I was 25 and I started my first business that I made, you know, I made that choice. And I think that anyone that has, that wants to achieve success, there's going to be a time where you have to make that choice. Exactly. And somehow I've not actually heard it explained in that way before, but it is that entrepreneurial choice. Do you want to be a part? Do you actually want to be a part? And then what will happen is, I I don't know if you know, but I wrote a book called Jeopardy, The Danger of Playing It Safe. And that really is to try and help people who want to make a change, start their own business in life, and to help them through that process. And what happens is that you're surrounded by what I call the fear mongers. And the fear mongers will come and tell you why you can't do it, or they'll tell you you can't do it without them, you know, and they'll charge you a bloody fee for it. And so be careful of those bloody people, because if you have the courage to take that leap of faith, trust your instinct, trust you. The amount of people that come my way and they think they need to go outside of themselves to find the answers, it is wrong. People listening to this podcast now, the fact that they're listening to that and not watching some bloody series on Netflix, that's demonstrated that they've got something special. There's something about them. So already you're separate. You've just got to be able to see, wow, you know, you are different and, you know, praise yourself when you're on your own sometimes it's quite difficult to see how remarkable that you are but most people are pissing about either on their phones or you know yeah. not really finding out what yeah. what tools they need to be able to achieve yeah. their sort of dreams and, and morris has just said thank you to that and i think you know what i think that that's such a good point if you do acknowledge that you're special and you actually take the time to think that about yourself you'll yeah. start to build a higher esteem around you and yeah. people who succeed generally have a higher opinion of themselves. I mean, a higher opinion than other people have of them, right? But at the end of the day, you, you do, you know, and, and you have to have that kind of, and, and, you know, not enough people tell you that. But the reality is if you are watching it, you do want more. You are searching. There is something more out there for you. But you have to commit. You have to commit. <laughs> you have to commit about the focus. It's not enough to watch. You have to then commit. What are you going to do about it? You see, one of the things I, if I was in government now, one of the things I'd be saying to the government is that what we should do is that we should see all these people who have got a business or freelancers who are on contract. We should be looking at those people and say, these are the people who are going to create the future. Because as I said previously, is that these people have learned to live with uncertainty. Because the business has failed, because of the COVID circumstances doesn't mean that they failed as a person. They have all the ingredients to be invested in. I'd be creating en- uh, uh, enterprise schemes to try and help these people, you know, start up new businesses again, because that's where I think the opportunities of future belong, uh, Britain, Britain 
a future Britain is. And what tends to happen normally is that the voices that are heard, especially in government, are the managers. You know, people who've never, ever put themselves on the line. You know, I've had to put my bloody house on the line. Personal guarantees on the line is fucking bankers, basically. Yeah, you know? me too. Those are the people that have real courage where, you know, all of these people who have the ear of government, they're not... No, no. when I was 28 years old, I had 8 million in personal guarantees. Bastard, man. That's, you're more courageous than me. That's oh, <laughs> 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 courageous. Mind you, you get about 8 million, you might as well, you don't give a shit, basically. If it goes on, it goes on, basically. <laughs> I remember my FD went, well, I and I was signing this big one. He's like, well, yeah. you're in for four. If it goes wrong, you're fucked anyway. So yeah, yeah that's right. So you might as well go for the eight, yeah. <laughs> but that's what it is. And you see, what I think is that not enough people know the personal sacrifice that you got to put in. Because, you yeah. know, bankers, bankers are not there to help you. They're just basically there. To make <laughs> sure if it goes wrong, they could bloody have you, basically. It's as simple as that. Yeah. And, you know, the, the first rule that I learned in business is that you think the bankers, the money men are there to help you, but they're not. They want their return. And if they don't get their return, they're going to have you. And so, again, it's really important to have that sort of mentality that, you know, it's a street fight. And what I what, what I say to people, <laughs> you know, and, and, and I think that most people, i give you another one of my theories about business, actually, is that you need two types of people to run a business. You need a gentleman and a thug. Now, people don't like thugs because, actually, they want somebody who is human and, the, and a gentleman that will look after them and treat them well and things like that. But it's nice to have a thug in the background to say, look, you know, this is where it sort of stops. And so what you have to ask yourself in your business, who's the gentleman and who's the thug? You, know, <laughs> you, need, you, you, you need to have both. Yeah. And people think that, actually, you could get along and, and be all gentlemanly but it doesn't work like that. And if you're really, really good, you could have um, the combination of gentleman and thug. So that's what I like to play, the combination of gentleman and thug. But, you know, Which that's one it. are you, a gentleman or a thug? Which one are we tonight? You, well, I, who's the gentleman? Who's the thug? Uh, well, I'd like to say I'm a thug with a, with a, I'm a thug with a gentleman, with a sweet twinkle in his eye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I could be a nice sort of gentleman, but I mean, it is. And because of my background, I am a street fighter, really. And uh, you know, it's always I'm always a sort of the David and Goliath. So I never ever I never see myself as being sort of settled. I always see that I've got to fight to get something, which is fine. But it also has its limitations, you know. So one of the key things you have to know about yourself is. Where are you? Where are your skills? So, for example, people don't want to deal with me on a day-to-day -day basis because it's too much. You know, it'll, it'll do people's fucking heads in, really. So, there is um, <laughs> there is a time to sort of you know get out, keep out of the way, and leave nice gentlemen people yeah. to deal with people. So, yeah. the key thing I think again, when you're starting your own business, you have to be absolutely honest about your strengths and your weaknesses. And my weak, my, my strength is that I'm really out there, but it's, it can be overpowering, you know, and so that's what you got to be, you, you got to be really um, um, careful of. Yeah, absolutely. What would be, so the strengths you're saying as a marketeer, we're going to talk about marketing, we'll talk about branding, and we need to get real, we'll talk about a couple of the other bits in a moment. So what would you say the weakness is a bit, have you said your strength can also be your weakness where <coughs> because you've been to, 
Well, let me tell you then, let me tell a bit more of the story then. So having left the BBC, again, because I thought I'm never going to earn enough money to buy my farm. So I thought, right, the only way I'm going to do this is if I start my own business. And I can remember leaving the BBC with just enough money to pay my mortgage for three months. And I decided to sort of go for it, you know, not to have fear, you know, stop me from doing that. And so I started my own um, food and drink marketing agency. And again, I found these guardian angels that gave me a break. And I will always be indebted to those people who saw this startup and they gave me a break. And in a sense, it was my training ground because I launched brands like Lloyd Grace and Sources, Kettle Chips, Plymouth Gin, Cobra Beer, big brands now. But back in the day, they were challenger brands. They were brands that were trying to get to a category and make a difference. And yeah. therefore, they had to um, punch above the weight. They had to be bold. And so what tends to happen in marketing is that the bigger the company, the more established, the more frightened they are of being yeah. bold. They're so, yeah. so cautious. You know, you know, anybody, Which is why Apple and Steve Jobs were so different, right? You exactly. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And anybody that works in a marketing agency, I, I can remember with my agency, the thing that used to piss me off was the clients. They were a fucking pain in the ass because what they wanted was they wanted coverage, but they didn't have the coverage to be bold. They expected people were going to write to write about them, and, and when they got nothing to write about, where you know they're talking shit. Who gives a who gives a shit that you come out with a new pasta sauce? You know you've got to come out with something bold uh, that's going to make people sort of listen. And in a sense, that was the motivation. That's a wrap. Fuck it. I've had enough of this. I'm going to go and start my own business and start my own brand. And um, at that time, I bought my farm down in Devon. And then when I was down in Devon, I then sort of realized there's this big gap between urban and rural Britain. And I thought, oh, there's an opportunity here to create a brand that could bridge that gap. And I wanted to do something that was radical and very, very different. I didn't want it to be... Um, a, a an ethnic brand. I wanted it to be a mainstream British brand, which was quite unique at the time. Yeah. And I thought, right, because I want to create a mainstream British brand, what is it I could do? Well, I said, well, all British people like a sausage. So I thought I'll do a sausage. And then I thought, well, where is the gap in the market? Because there's tons of sausages out there. And at the time, there was something like one in a hundred people um, had some wheat in intolerance. So I thought, right, I'll do a glute, gluten-free sausage. I then found uh, a manufacturer, and again, a guy who went out of his way, you know, saw this mad black guy, thought, okay, you know, uh, I'll, I'll give him a, you know, it probably won't work, but, you know, let's give him a bit of a go. So I have to thank, his name is Steve Turton, I've got to thank him for giving me that break. And then, um, so I, I got a manufacturer, I got the product, and the next thing was coming up with the brand name. And I was scratching my thinking, well, what the hell am I going to call this brand? And one day it came to me. All of my next door neighbors used to call me the Black Farmer. And I thought, shit, you know, that's a pretty good brand name. Not only is it a really good brand name, but no one else out there could nick the idea. Not only could they not nick the idea. It wouldn't work for me, would it? Huh? <laughs> but it has an edge. Yeah. And one of the things I say to people is this, is because, you know, I get people come to me with ideas for brands all the time. And they'll come up with a word, they'll come up with something, and it's not linked to them. Great brands are linked to you personally. And, you know, so the black farmer says what it is on, on, on the tin. Now, this is another piece of advice for the people listening to here. Even I knew that was slightly controversial because, you know, people are not too sure about whether it's politically correct or not calling something the black farmer. So I researched it. I went out and did a lot of research. 
And all the research came back and says, do not call it the black farmer. Uh, this is the lesson. The lesson is this. Research will tell you what people thought yesterday. Research will tell you what people are thinking today. But research will not tell you what people are thinking tomorrow. That is where you need to have your audacity. That is where you need to have your belief. If you're waiting for people to be ready, you'll be waiting forever. You have to take that leap of faith. You've got to go forward. So that's the most important lesson for anybody. I like that, research yeah. and everyone. Let us know in the comments. Hmm? Tell us in the comments if you're loving that. I'm enjoying that. Yeah. And, and the world we live in today is that everybody bases every bit of decision based on the evidence, the data, the research. You know, you look at all this COVID crisis and they're saying, we're just following the evidence. We're, we're following the research. And so what it's leaving is a sense that we're continuously catching up. We're continuously catching up. Yeah. Well, it is because it's historic, isn't it? Right? Exactly, it is. It's the data is what has already happened. Exactly. It's yeah. what's happened. It's historic. Yeah. And so one of the things that frustrates me is that it's easy to defeat COVID, believe it or not. And the advantages that we have is that we're an island nation. Not only are we an island yeah. nation, but the, the thing that is so amazing about this COVID, I think the language needs to change. And the language should be, we're at war. We're at war with an enemy that is so fucking sophisticated. You know how it's so sophisticated? Because it's attacking the very thing that we as human beings hold dear. And that's our need to connect, the way yeah. to be with each other. Now, if there, was, if there was no medicine, if there's no vaccine, we would only have one option to defeat this enemy, and that is to actually, our will, not to, for a while, for a long time, not to connect, not to touch people. Now, if we could get that into people's mindset, that this is a war, and all we need to do, this enemy will die because it needs the very thing that we need, which is to connect with people. If he yeah. does not have that, it will die. That's all people need to sort of learn. But what we're having at the moment, which is part of my frustration, is that everybody is going with the evidence. And then the evidence is, oh, we better run up and catch up. We better run up and catch up. There needs to be a big leap, a big bold move to say, right, we're going to get ahead of this curve and we're going to do something. Now, the reason why the politicians are not doing it is because the person who does that is going to get a lot of hassle, a lot of grief, and they may not survive after the incident yeah. has been over because actually, the moment you get, you tell people they've got to do something pretty dramatic, they'll never forgive you for for it. But yeah. that is what is needed. Well, you're right. It's an island. It's simple, isn't it? They all need yeah. to really. We shut the borders out. We shut yeah. the borders down. On principle, we shut the borders down, make everyone stay in yeah. for a month because it lasts 14 days, and off you go. You're in crack on. Yeah, but what will happen <laughs> is that politically, Politically, they don't have the appetite because, you know, it, that's what needed. But, you know, Boris Johnson, you know, his career would be over because mm. they'll never forgive him. But sometimes that's what needs to happen. So it'd be interesting to see how it sort of turns out. So that's what we're up to. You've gone out. You started the farm. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah the farm, you a black farmer, which your researchers told you no, don't yeah. do it. You've had the bottle to do it anyway. What yeah. was the repercussions of it? Let's see. Well, I went to all, I went to all, and again, when you're innovating, you're trying something new. People are, it's going to be a head scratcher. I went to all the supermarkets to try and get them to list it. And, and as everybody knows, the supermarkets are bastards. They all said no. And, um, and they couldn't understand it. They'd look at these sausages and they'd say, well, 
you know, black farmers, sausages, these sausages for black people. You know, it's again, people working because they couldn't, couldn't work it out. Now, this is another lesson for those of you who are into food. At the time, when I launched the Black Farmer brand, there was another big revolution that was taking place. And that revolution was social media. Facebook had just started, Twitter didn't exist, Instagram, all of the things that we now take for granted did not exist. <laughs> and before, if you wanted to connect with um, the consumer, you had to go through these gatekeepers, which were media, TV. Yeah. They're the ones who had the control in, in terms yeah. of you get to your customers. So this is what I did. And again, this is where the street fighter in me has always come up very useful. Is that I just said, right, these bastards. I'm going to do a tour around the whole country sampling my sausages. And at the same time, I put all of the buyers' telephone numbers and um, addresses on my website. And I'd simply say to people who said, like, like one of your listeners said, great sausages. I said, if you really like these sausages, just do me a favor. Just email, just ring and write to the buyer and says, why aren't you listing these sausages? And as God is my witness, that's oh, that awesome. Oh, I actually love that. That, yeah. is, that is really good if you're enjoying that. And I'll tell you why it worked. Because, that's an awesome, awesome thing to do. And that's because yeah. the, the supermarkets, you know, they, suppliers are, means nothing to them, but the only people they fear are their consumers. And yeah. the other thing, what people need to learn is that your sales force is your consumer. My consumer, I love, I love them more than anything. They're really precious to me because they're the ones why the Black Farmer brand is where it is. And it has a very wide support system because those people have gone out of the way to say, actually, I'm going to help and support this guy and they'll do what they can. So never, ever, ever underestimate the consumer. And that, you know, we go over the top to look after our consumers. So there's one fundamental lesson people need to learn in business. And it pisses me off when people start treating their customers yeah. as though they're a commodity. They're your lifeblood. I actually love that, right? You know, I obviously coach and help. We've got thousands of business owners that work within our programs, right? Mm. And that is such a tremendous tip that if there's people that are listening tonight, they need to, they really need to kind of look into that because there's a lot of people that would like to break into the supermarkets. There's a lot of people that would like to break into shops, right? There's a lot of people that would like to, even in my industry, like break into the biggest stages, you know, whatever it is that you could use that for, that's it. I think that that is a phenomenal, create the demand. Right, and if you create the demand and you put that demand onto the people that are in control of the influence and decisions. Yeah, it's really, really important. Amazing tip, love that. Yeah, it's love really, it. really important. So, yeah. for me, the consumer is God, and too many businesses see the customer as an irritant rather than somebody that will be celebrated. And the thing that I've learned is this: is that people are good. If you, they will forgive your mistakes if you 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 will address it. You you you'll make. Did you get? Can I just start? Did you get the feedback? Right? I want to ask this question. Did you get any of them buyers ring you up and say, "What are you doing, you nutter? Yeah. I've had I like did. 40, 50 calls. You're doing my absolute head in. I did, and I, Morrison. I tell you what, Morrison's. I remember one of the buyers at Morrison's. He, he said, "Right, I'll give you a listing now, Wilfred." He said, "Will you now take my name off your website?" I says, "No, I'm not." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, within the industry, I'm known as a bit of a thug, basically, because what happens? <laughs> Seriously, because you see, the thing is that how that they have real power, and they deal with these big companies, and that they don't want to piss the supermarkets off because you know you could lose millions and millions of pounds worth of business. Now, 
if you're a boy from the fucking streets, basically, it's a totally different rule. I've had I've had major rows with these buyers, and they, you know, they said, calm down. That's something we have to give, call the police. And I said, I don't give a fuck about calling the police. I want to go listening. Seriously, it's real. It's you, 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 what you, you see, what I think happens is this, is that don't play by the rules. It's the biggest mistake that people make. Because if you play by their rules, you're already at a disadvantage. What you've got to do is got to play by your own rules, and it makes a bit of a sort of head scratcher. And so, you know, for, you years, know hmm? for, for years, people have said that to me. I wish yeah. you played by the rules. I wish you played by the rules. But the, re- the reason you get results is because you make your own rules. You make your own rules, and that is the key. So the brand is where it is today. Because, you know, what, what, what I say to people is this, is that, you know, there are we, – we, we, we started our business with sausages. Now, and people tend to think it's a product that makes a brand and, and makes it successful. It isn't. So it's very nice of a gentleman to, to say that um, my jerk sausages are gorgeous. And they are. But, you know, there are other big players out there who could do fantastic, do exactly the same, and probably do it cheaper. And then you ask yourself, so why are people buying into the Black Farmer sausages? And the key thing, this is again about marketing, it's not about what you do, it's why you do it. It is what is your why? What is your purpose? So everything about the Black Farmer brand, it's maverick, it is challenging. So therefore, the flavors of you ever read the book, Maverick? No, I heard that. No. Uh, it's about a Brazilian um, manufacturer, funnily enough. It's only because it, w- the way you were saying for manufacturing, it's about a Brazilian guy over there that just literally breaks all the rules. That is a Brazilian business story. It's a really, really good book, actually. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, yeah. and what, what people need to learn, and a lot of the times when I'm talking to people about developing their brand, is that what is your why? They focus on what they do, and you say, why would somebody want to buy it? If they're going to buy it because it's something functionary, that brand is not going to work. It's a belief system. They've got to think that brand represents something in me or that it, it offers something that I would like to be. It has an attitude that I would like to be. Now, if you look at all the big brands, like Nike, you know, what, you know Nike's tick. Nike, yeah. it's selling an aspiration. It's selling an idea. Yeah. And that's fundamentally what marketing is all about. Too many people think it's about the bloody product and they don't know what they stand for. They don't know what their ideal is, but that is what people buy. They buy your ideas. You buy your ideals and that's what you've got to ask yourself. You know, The market wants to be led, doesn't it? And if you don't everybody, everybody wants to be inspired. Everybody yep. wants to be led. Everybody wants to believe in something. And so that is what the Black Farmer brand is. You know, why are you having me on this program? You're not having me on this program because I do the best sausages in the bloody world. You're having me on this program because you want me to inspire your listeners. It's because what I stand for. So everything about the brand has all of that sort of in it. So every, so one of the things I every say... Every single one of them, except the wellness ones. <laughs> I say to people and like... Trainers, mind you. And the trainers. And I say to people like, you know, the black farmer could never do a cake because... <laughs> Black Farmer cake, it doesn't sort of add up because the whole thing about the Black Farmer, it's masculine. It's, you know, it's it's gutsy. It's flavorsome. So part of knowing your why, you know what you can do and what you can't do. And you absolutely stay true to that. And if you, you stay true to that, you will be okay. So for your listeners, that is where they suspend a lot of the time and the effort is what is my why? Why is somebody buying into this sort of proposition? It's the biggest tip I could give give anybody. And the other tip I would give you is this. 
the way you build a brand is by below the line marketing. I'm a real advocate for below the line. And below the line, mark, there's above the line. So marketing directors, fucking left brainers, love above the line. And the reason why they love above the line is measurable. So, so, so advertising agencies will go and say, you spend X million with us, you'll get so many eyeballs. They'll come with all their fucking data. Um, and, and therefore, the marketing director think, oh, I've got the evidence that you know, I spent this money. And therefore, you know, I could then justify it to the board. That's bullshit. Okay. Now, the best form of marketing is below the line, which it doesn't cost you a penny. That's editorial. That's word of mouth. But it's not measurable. That yeah. is when you have to have faith. And it's a bit like falling in love. You know, there's no evidence that the person you're falling in love with is going to turn out. You have to have faith that it's working. You have to have faith it's going to do with you. And so, when you do below-the-line marketing, you have to have faith that the message is going out. So I don't know how I came onto this bloody program. You must have heard about me. Now, that's all about – that's all below-the-line marketing. Do you see what I mean? So yeah. when people are calling me in and getting me to do things, that's all below-the-line marketing. Yeah, you, don't know, you don't know who's watching. You don't know who I'm This is the thing. I find it all the time. It's like have a chat, <laughs> and then who knows what comes next. You just don't yeah. And that's and what relationships is all about. It's all about relationships. Below the line. So you just yeah. put it out there and you just don't, you know, suddenly somebody says, I heard you talk here. You said, bloody hell, you don't know. So that's where you need to have faith. But if you think you're going to spend money and then it's going to come back and it's like that, especially when you're starting off, it's the wrong thing to do. So you've gone on to do some cool stuff. We've, we've now built the brand. We've got the brand. We've branded it Black Farmer. We've, we've pushed and pushed and pushed our way into the supermarkets. We've got the brand out there. And then a lot of other things have come on. So you're below the line. I mean, look at getting an MBA and some oh, of the yeah, yeah. Like, That's the sort of stuff. Like, who the fuck's going to give me an MBA? It's like, where the fuck did that come from, basically? And it's for services for farming and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, it's like, there's obviously what I'm doing is getting noticed. And I'm glad it is because what I want to do is to inspire people by telling them my story about what is possible, especially if you're from backgrounds like I'm from, where everything and the whole system is trying to keep you down and push you down. And if I could sort of inspire people is not to listen to those bastards, to feel that actually you can... Well, you to somebody that's come from that kind of background, you know, when you, when you described your background, you said difficult childhood, you didn't say you were living with 11 people in a two-bedroom house, you know, and you're saying that you had a lot of challenges, right? What would yeah. you say to that's watching that's, that's maybe come from that background? You know, what do they need to think in order for them to make it? What do they need to what do they need to do differently? Well, what you need to think is this is that the gift of the shit you go through in your background will show itself in the future. Because when I look back, you know, for example, when I was running my marketing agency, I fucking hated working with these bloody clients. But actually, that was the training that I needed in order to run the Black Farmer brand. Yeah. When I look back at how difficult it was in my childhood, when you know, we were sort of hungry, we didn't have food. Actually, what it did is that it didn't make me a prisoner of fear, you know, yeah. I, because I'd been through, you know, the bottom and the depths of, of that you could get to. I, it then it made me fearless. And so, the thing to try and understand is that. An experience, as bad as that experience may be, is the actual tool that you need in order to fulfill your future. Because it's giving you the lessons you will need in order to do whatever you choose your, your purpose to be in life. 
that's where you've got to do it. And so it's to look at those experiences, look at those bad times. Obviously, we're where we were at. The NBA came. You you work with Gordon Ramsay. You're saying James yeah. Martin. I read Richard Branson as well. In some respects, was that right as well? Well, no. I mean, I haven't worked with him, but I shared the stage with him. So you know, um, oh, shared the stage with him. Yeah, okay, awesome. Yeah, did you enjoy that? Well, yes. I mean, I think that actually it was quite interesting. When I shared the stage with him, I can remember um, a very famous woman actually who then became a dame, and I was talking about the the, the importance of passion. And she said to me, I, I actually, you know, I think passion is overestimated. And, you know, I could have sucked the one because that's a classic left brainer sort of remark that actually everything needs to be. You can't reveal who it was, no? No. I'm thinking Julie. I might meet you on the floors one day. So, you know, I've got to be, I've got to be, I've got to be careful. But you see. I'm in the comments, everyone, who it was. <laughs> but I tell you what's really interesting, though, is this, is that. All the business books will tell you that you know, business is not emotional. It is. Do not fucking believe that shit. It's only managers who don't see business as emotional. It is emotional. And I think that, you know, only a mad person is going to be working their ass off, giving up their weekends. So, you know, that is about actually being so driven, so emotionally driven. That's not logical. It's not rational. And so don't follow some of the mantras that you get from people who call themselves business advisors. One of the things that I thought was really interesting is that you know, most of the people who have MBAs, yeah. they, go to, they go to university to learn about business, never run a business, no. never, ever do it. And then they only do it so they could then go and work for a corporate business to yeah. say that they understand business. Now, there's a big difference in understanding theory to having to deal with the emotion that you've got to put your house on the line. Yeah that you've got to give a personal guarantee. And if it goes wrong, your whole world. Now, that's totally different. So yeah. when they tell you it's not actually, um, it's not personal, it's not emotional, well, they've never had to, you know, put themselves on the line, emotion and personal. It's so, incredibly personal. And, you know, it, like, is, it is, yeah. it is. Yeah. And that, again, is, you know, so I can remember going to see these buyers and they go, calm down. Shouldn't take it so personal. I said, fuck, it is personal. You know, I'm on the line for this, basically. So yeah, don't yeah. Disrespect, you know, and so don't be ashamed that actually it is emotional and it is sort of personal because you wouldn't be able to do the things that you do if you were sort of removed from it. It's only people who don't have a stake who can be removed from it. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, there's a hundred percent. The things you said, the focus, the passion, it's all been there tonight, without a shadow of a doubt. And you know, I think you've been amazing. I've really, really enjoyed the chat we've had tonight. If anybody's got any questions they want to ask, pop it into the comments before we finish up, and you get a last question over to Wilfred. I, I just want to say, you know, um, from all the things that you've uh, done and the journey that you've had, you know, it really does sound like you've enjoyed the process. So, what was the journey? You know, even through the ups and downs, have you loved the journey? Would you say? Or do you well, ask? Actually, there's another important part of my story which I think is also important to share with your. Um, yeah listeners because yeah um so you know i've been very successful in terms of my business and you know it, it got it was it was really getting well and then about seven years ago i got diagnosed with um, acute myeloid leukemia so if you look at my face now right these yeah. are some of the this is a consequence of having had i had to have a stem cell transplant 
right? Uh, if there's one thing you do not want to have in your life is acute myeloid leukemia. I mean, I was in the hospital for a whole year. I'm really, really lucky um, to be here because I remember, you know, it, it's a real roller coaster story about what I had to sort of go through. And I'm only here today because of luck, because of science, and because, you know, if I'd got the type of leukemia that I had a year earlier, I'd be dead. And therefore, in a sense, the gift of that experience is that every day I look into that mirror and I look at my face, I just say, boy, you know, you are lucky to have been here. And therefore, you've got to make sure that every goddamn day you have, you earn the gods giving you that seven years. So I have the luxury of looking back at the last seven years and being shit, you know, look what I would have missed out on if I wasn't here. You know, you know, look at all this amazing sort of stuff. So in a sense, you know, that horrible time has given me real perspective. And then actually, um, to, I mean, and it's only when you're on death's door that you really sort of work out what's important to you. Yeah. And what it really comes down to is very, very, very few things. And for me, it's about the difference you make to other people's lives. You know, from, you know, so if I, from, if, from what I've said tonight, if it's helped someone to encourage someone, you know, that is something well Let worth doing. In the comments, you know, if you've, uh, there's been some amazing tips and some amazing secrets there. Mm. And the fact that you've, you know, it's, it's, it's brilliant that you've come on and given up your time to come and inspire lots of people. And obviously this will go on the podcast as well and lots more people see it. You yeah. know, um, yeah, I think it's incredible. And, and that's what you enjoy doing now, would you say? Well, that's what I do, yeah. So, that, you know, for me, you know, every day, and, you know, I think, Jesus, if I was dead, I would have missed seeing all of Even COVID, thank you, Jesus, I, would have seen, I wouldn't have seen all of this sort of stuff. So what I really enjoy doing is um, people coming to me with ideas, because I run something called The Hatchery, and people come to me with ideas, and if I like them, if I, and I like the idea, they can become part of that hatchery invest and build that business and we have several successful ones go onto my website and you know go into the about section well, website, i'll put that in the comments for everybody i think it's yeah. an awesome thing yeah and i like people who had a bit of a struggle you so, say you know either one of the guys you know again he, he worked in corporate life all his life getting to the age of 60 and I remember he came to me for a job and i says no no no, no. We won't, i won't give you a job but we'll create a business together Two years ago, that business is now turning over five million pounds a year. He's earning more bloody money doing that than he ever did in his life. Another, uh, uh, another two girls, the school sisters. I tell you what, tell your listeners that they must go and buy the school sisters and um, 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 products because they're absolutely great and sort of tasty. And the other thing they must do as well is there's another brand that I'm involved in. And for all you men and women out there, listen, if you want to buy a bloody great Valentine's pre um, present, go on to Susie Bidlake's um, website. She has some awesome, awesome um, presents to, 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 um, for you to give your, your loved ones. So you must do Susie that. Susie Bidlake, yeah? SusieBidlake.com. Uh, B-I-N-L-A-K-E. So it's um, B-I-D-L-A-K-E. It's a bit than late, Susie. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. Susie did late for Valentine's Day gifts. Who yes. wants a Valentine's Day yes. gift, everybody? Pop it in the comments if you do. You get yes. a good recommendation here from Wilfred. And that's yes. funny. It's always difficult to go and find these things. That's right. Well, you're right. Well, you do it last minute, be honest. Getting a nice yeah. up early, right? You'll find some fantastic gifts there. So, and it's Susie with a Z, susiebidlate.com. Oh, with a Z. Okay. 
And then there's also another brand called Gym Kitchen, and that is a um, high, um, that's all about protein. So it's about high protein, and that's sort of doing well. And then I've just taken a, a, a young boy called Freddie, and we're going to launch um, Freddie's Tequilas. That's got a lovely sounding name to it, you know. And so Freddie has a passion for, for, for tequilas, and so I'm going to help him sort of um, launch that brand. That's the sort of stuff that I like doing because actually it taps into the street fighter part of my nature, which is always to, you know, help and push these brands through to help them get through the sort of difficult stages yeah. when people are actually trying to get going. I really like what, doing what's that. What's that called where people can go and find this? The hatchery, did you say? So, yeah, so just go to the Black Farmer website. Yeah. yeah. And it's not only a farmer shop, but also um, if you go into the About section, it will, t- it will tell you a bit about the hatchery there. So check so, yeah. out Black Farmer Hatchery, yeah. Black the Farmer. Black Farmer. Yeah, so I want to be on my deathbed knowing I have done my bit to sort of um, inspire people on their journey in life. You know, my success in life has been down to the fact that people have given me opportunity. I would not be where I am today if people hadn't reached out and given me opportunity. So I want to pay that back um, so people can actually be inspired to achieve whatever they want in life. You know, I would then think that the seven, eight, ten years that the gods gave me was well worth spent, really. That's what I would like to be able to do. Hi, everybody. Adam here. And I hope you loved today's episode. Hope you thought it was fabulous. And if you did, I'd like to ask you a small favor. Could you jump over and go and give the podcast a review? Of course, I'll be super grateful if that is a five-star review. We're putting our all into this podcast for you, delivering you the content, giving you the secrets. And if you've enjoyed it, please go and give us a review and talk about what your favorite episode is, perhaps. Every single month, I select someone from that review list to come to one of my exclusive academy days and have lunch with me on the day meeting hundreds of my clients so if you want that to be you then you're going to be in with a shout if you go and give us a review on itunes please of course do remember to subscribe so you can get all the up-to-date episodes peace and love and i'll see you very very soon thank you